Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you doing tonight, Allison? Better than you. <laughs> yeah, I had a little tumble this weekend. <laughs> Fell down the stairs. I'm okay. My ankle, however, is not. You have a cool boot, though. Yeah, I'll be in a boot for a little while. How boot that? <laughs> That's for Canadian friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm okay. Just a couple weeks in the boot, I think. and then You'll have the foot of a 17-year-old. <laughs> Guess what's new, Allison? Books. That's right. It's we usually books. Have it's a safe answer. The second edition of The Witch Cloud is in. You can get it at our Etsy shop. You can get it at Bandcamp, the Stone Breath Bandcamp. Of course, either place, I'll sign them. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a signed copy. The second edition adds a few more pages. It adds an appendix about the haunted bridge on Solomon Road. Adds some new illustrations and a photograph of this guy. I'm pointing at myself for the listeners. <laughs> Not some random person floating in the background. Uh, in front of the hermit, Herod Thomas's cave, because I talk about him a little bit in the appendix. These are available, like I said, they're in our Etsy shop. They're at the Stone Breath Band Camp. There are options there. You can either buy them with the download, so you get the full audiobook, the podcast, the music we did, and the, the bonus podcast we did with Soraya, and the book. Or you can just buy the book by itself. Links to Etsy and Stone Breath Bandcamp are in the show notes. Our Etsy shop name is Lost Grave. If you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up. And the Bandcamp is stonebreath.bandcamp.com. The sticker giveaway is still going on for the rest of March. That's the new Strange Familiars vinyl stickers. They're black, red, and white with the witch's eye in red. Black background, witch's eye in red, and Strange Familiars text in white. Any purchase... From Etsy, $20 or more, you get the new Witch's Eye sticker. We'll just throw it in with the order. 
any purchase on Etsy of $50 or more. And we'll throw in the whole set of vinyl stickers. We have four Strange Familiars vinyl stickers now. The original Awoken Tree in black and white. We have the new Witch's Eye in black, white, and red. We have two full-color stickers, William of the Fiery Flowers and Hans Trap, both episode artwork I did for those two episodes. You can buy that set, but like I said, if you order something over $50, we'll throw the whole set of stickers in with the order. All right, on tonight's show, we're going to be talking with Cheyenne, who has some stories of UFOs and orbs, and then we get into talk about reincarnation. She believes she is reincarnated, not just a reincarnated person. She believes she is a wolf reincarnated as a person. Tonight we're talking with Cheyenne, who has a number of experiences, both, I guess, in real life, as we say, and and in the dream world, although I kind of hate to separate the two sometimes, because I think, at least lately, I've begun to think that dreams kind of matter when it comes to this stuff. They kind of play into it somehow. But we'll get into all that. How are you doing tonight, Cheyenne? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm slightly nervous, but also very, very excited. I've been wanting to do this for a while, so I'm Well, thank you here. for... Thank you for coming on and sharing your stories. So I know you have some, you know, so, you know, quote unquote, real world. Like I said, I, you know, it's hard to separate this stuff sometimes, but mm-hmm. let's go ahead and talk about these encounters you've had. Uh, you mentioned one when you were little that was kind of in the woods, you know, maybe, maybe not a Bigfoot thing. You want to start with that? Yeah, I was living up in Morgan Oaks Apartments in Woodruff outside of Nakwa. I live in Wisconsin, so... It was obviously high-density woodland, and my mom and I decided to go for a walk in the nearby woods. It was about, I don't know, the, the sun was setting. It was probably, like, late summer. It was getting kind of chilly. We always liked to go in the woods over there because there's this really cool tree that had, for whatever reason, always had, like, a strange accumulation of, animal bones i don't know if like teenagers or whatever would hang out there and just like collect stuff but i always thought it was really cool that's interesting so we yeah. To go over there. yeah so we wanted to go over there and kind of check it out we never really had gone into those woods that often aside from hanging out in that tree so we're like okay well maybe we'll go a little bit deeper in the woods and it was it was starting to get dark out so my mom has not the best sense of direction but i i had a feeling that we knew where we were but then I started to really feel kind of disoriented and um, not quite panicky, but just kind of didn't really feel like I had the best sense of direction like I initially did. It felt like time had slowed down a little bit. It, it felt like, I don't know, like a strange mix of like time dilation, mm-hmm. uh, if that's the best way to describe it. It didn't, it didn't feel normal. But then we, we were finally able to, like, find our way out. And when we got out, we realized we were only that far into the woods. And um, we heard this, I don't even know how to describe it. It was very loud and kind of, the vocals were very, like, stretched out. It was like a very loud, long call. It wasn't broken up or anything like that. And I thought maybe it was maybe like a large deer or an elk or something like that. But I, I tried looking up the vocal calls for that and it just didn't match up. It didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And 
for the area, I don't, not to say that we don't have large cats or bears or anything, but it, since it is a sort of populated area, you know, people don't really see them around there. They're not common. And I looked up those calls too, and I'm just like, this doesn't sound right. And uh, from hearing previous Bigfoot calls, it did give me goosebumps when I have heard the variety of Bigfoot calls. I'm like, okay, that sounds a little bit like that, but I'm not going to go out of my way and say like, oh, I heard a Bigfoot when I was walking around the woods with my mom. It just just struck me as odd. No, but when you combine like, okay, so you have the tree with the bones, you have the weird feelings, you have the getting sort of lost when you shouldn't have been, or the, you know, the, like you said, the time dilation, and then the calls on top of it, it's, it's kind of like this where you start checking these different boxes. Like, okay, yeah. if it was one or two of these things, but when you start combining all these things, you know, maybe, maybe not Bigfoot, but maybe something weird, you know, something else. Right. Weird. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely felt odd. And like I said, you know, we, cause there was a pond nearby and we'd always, during the day, we'd go and catch frogs and everything like that. It never felt strange, but for whatever reason, after all those years of going over in, in that, that stretch of the woods, it it didn't feel like it usually did. Mm-hmm. It's just like the atmosphere felt very creepy or like heavy. It had just like a very strange presence to it. And we're like, all right, let's, we need let's go home. <laughs> I don't right. want to be out there anymore. Yeah. And like I've been living in the woods for years, and like never, you know, I'd go barefoot, pitch dark. You know, my parents would call me back up to the house, and I refused to come in, and <laughs> the forest never creeped me out. But like that, you know, dusk, I'm like, yeah, this is, I don't know, it didn't feel right. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. It's you know, there's times where I was a little kid on the farm. I'd walk through the woods night and day, no problem. I, I yeah. had you know no fear. But there's other times, including times as an adult, where I'm like, ugh, you know, it could be broad daylight, and I, mean, I get in a place. I'm like, yeah, this isn't something's not right here. So right, and yeah. you just want to move along. Yeah, just listen to those instincts. You know, it's they're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. I guess when I was. Little my grandma my grandma told me this story. I was I was too young to remember. My grandma's mother unfortunately had this might be a little it's it's hard. My grandma's mother had committed suicide at a young age. Mm. So my grandma was, you know, spent most of her life raising herself. Mm-hmm. But there was one day that my sister and I, my younger sister, were she's three years younger than me. My grandma and grandpa would take care of us a lot when my parents were at work. And I guess one evening, uh, my grandma was changing my sister's diaper and I had a tendency to wander off and get into stuff and I was just a little kid. So I ended up going into the kitchen and I think my grandma said I was like getting into the utensil drawer or something. I was, I was doing something I wasn't supposed to. And my grandma kept calling me over, like, Cheyenne, get back over here. And uh, I guess she looked up and, like, a partial apparition of her mom was, like, standing next to me. She said from just, like, the shoulders up, you know, you could see, like, the head and face, like, the face. She could, she knew it was her mom. Mm-hmm. I guess I just, like, looked over at my grandma. I'm like, what? I was just talking to her. And she dissipated. I, I have no recollection of this, but... You were talking to your grandmother or you were talking to the apparition? 
I was talking to the apparition. Oh, okay. Sort of my great grandmother, mm-hmm. and when my grandma tried to call me over. I guess I told my grandma I'm like what I was only talking. I was pretty I much gotcha. my grandma I was talking to a ghost. Oh wow, wow. But yeah, my when my grandma told me that, I'm like I, I don't remember that. I don't know if I was I was so little. But she could actually but see I, the apparition there with you. Yeah, yeah. She uh, said she was kind of standing over me. I was probably just telling me like not to be messing around with it. <laughs> not to get hurt, you know, just being protective. I mean, but, um, lots of stories about, you know, kids, you know, talking to the air, but yeah. you, you rarely hear somebody like turn around and seeing what they're talking to. That's very interesting. Yeah. And like, like I said, I don't have any recollection of the actual like occurrence happening. I definitely believed my grandma right away when she told me because obviously one that's a very hard subject to bring up at all you know talking about your mom like that after yeah. what happened and just the sincerity in her voice when she she seemed definitely very genuine with with bringing it up to me it just kind of felt like you know maybe it's the right time to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think we were already on the subject of talking about ghosts anyway it's, it's always just been like a fascination of mine is paranormal and everything. So I, any opportunity I can get to talk about it, I'm like, just go. I go understand that. <laughs> I've had experiences with seeing orbs, mostly. A couple stories of that. Inside or outside? Um, one was inside uh, in my bedroom at my parents' house. And then the other one was outside. I don't know if you've heard of... It's like a state park. Aztalan? Aztalan? I'm not sure. It's, it used to be like a, a, like a colonized like Native American settlement along the river, probably like halfway to Madison from Milwaukee. Okay. But yeah, there's like these giant mounds there that I don't know. I forgot the history of it in terms of like if they're burial mounds or like maybe ritual sites. Mm-hmm. They're very, it was a very ceremonial vibe to it people say they have a lot of crazy experiences there and i decided to go with a friend a couple summers ago it was beautiful out there's like a lot of fireflies and you know by the thousands it was a very magical experience lots of mosquitoes though that was a nightmare but yeah we were walking up to one of the big mounds and i saw i want to say it was probably with like the radial, like, luminescence, I probably, like, the whole thing was about the size of, like, a golf ball. Okay. But it was, like, very, I want to say white in the center, but, you know, it was, like, the light concentration was so dense in the center, and it radiated outwards into this bright red ball. Only for a few seconds, it, like, floated up towards the top of the mound and disappeared. And, like, immediately, I'm, like, to my friend, I'm, like, do you see that? And he's, like, no, what do you... He didn't catch it. Oh, so, rats. Yeah, I missed it. I'm like, it would have helped if I had backup. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just for like a, a moment. You know, I thought maybe it could have been like a trick of the eye with the lighting and all the fireflies around. But like looking back on it, I'm like, no, that was a lot bigger mm-hmm. than a firefly. And just like the way it moved. And obviously the color was not like your normal yellowish you know, sometimes they have like a greenish tint to them. Right, right, yeah. It's like a bright red ball. So that was cool. That really stuck with me. And what did the one the in one your in, bedroom look like? The one in my bedroom was smaller, and it was more gold, kind of like a goldish white color. And it was kind of a little bit more like 
glittery, I guess, if that makes any sense. And it was it was right by my, my door was, I always had my door closed. And it was right by my door and it kind of like hovered over near my trash can and then kind of slowly faded off. I don't, it didn't, I may have gone through the door. It was kind of like floated in that direction. Mm-hmm. About how long um, did you see it? Only a couple seconds. It was enough for me to like focus on it and like watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like a weird eye floaty or whatever. How old were um, you when you saw this? Oh man, this was, I was probably t- 22 about. So yeah, I'm, I've been back and forth between my parents' house on and off throughout the years so i did yeah, the same thing. Like yeah i did the same thing those years after college kind of bounced yeah <laughs> bounced back and forth a bit. now you know yeah did anything yeah, else it, happen in this room or was this just a single occurrence not really i feel like there's been occasional presences like when i've been going through like really rough times i kind of feel like i don't know if I attract that sort of energy or if it's something that's just kind of in my head, I'm like manifesting, you know, like a a heaviness, but there's been times in my bedroom where I felt like there was something in there, not necessarily having any bad intentions or whatever, but just kind of like observe The closest thing I compared to is just like something observing me, Mm -hmm. but nothing ever distinctive that I can remember besides that that orb and I remember talking to it I, I don't know why I just like decided I'm like oh hi <laughs> <laughs> not expecting any response or whatever but I just talked to it like there was like a like it was an animal or and I, I had discussed it immediately like I, I texted my friends she's a witch and I'm like hey I just saw this weird gold orb thing in my room what is that and she's like oh it's just an elemental they're harmless I'm like okay <laughs> cool <laughs> I'll come back if you want, I guess. I probably should say that, though, knowing more about it. Gotta, gotta be more careful. But Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sometimes I think things just show themselves for whatever reason. Yeah. They don't have to be bad, good, or otherwise. They're just, you know, just there. Yeah, so, it, was, it was a cool experience. I, it was comforting seeing it. I felt very comfor- comforted and felt like I had a little friend hanging out, whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. I think in terms of orbs, it's all... That's all that's really happened. There was one point, the first house we moved to when we moved to Milwaukee, it was just a weird thing with the Christmas tree. I think I was getting laundry in the basement. And either, I can't recall if my parents were upstairs on the third level. The, the main level was unoccupied. There wasn't anybody down there except for my cats. So I, I decided to go down to the basement and do some laundry. And I heard this like loud dragging sound. I'm like, what is that? And I go upstairs and the way our living room is laid out, we usually just put the Christmas tree um, in the corner Mm -hmm. and it had moved like three feet from the corner. It didn't fall. I thought like maybe the cats had like knocked it over and it was like a fairly standard size tree. It's maybe like seven feet tall. And yeah, I thought like the cats had knocked over, but it had moved like three feet from the corner of where it had been set up. But stay, stayed upright. Stayed upright, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm like, I tried, you know, looking around it, and there, like, there's no way that the cats could have done this. 
you know, it would have been like an absolute mess. Right, if, right. <laughs> any, any influence on it. So that, that was strange. I didn't, I never figured out what caused it. You know, I asked my parents, I, like I said, I don't even remember. They could have been upstairs. They could have even not been home. It might've been like, just like after school. Mm-hmm. It was, it was quite a while ago. So that part was kind of blurry, but that, I definitely remember coming up and there was nobody, there's nobody in the living room. And I'm like, if they did that, why would they do that? You know, my parents aren't ones to be trolls and like, oh, let's just move the Christmas tree just to mess with our daughter. Right, right. Um, this is too much hassle and they're, they're not going to do that. So that was strange. Let's talk about the UFOs and then we'll get into the reincarnation and dream stuff. Okay. One thing I did want to mention, though, there was, I, I used to tell three UFO sighting stories like at once. And for whatever reason now, I can only remember two of the three. That's interesting. I, yeah, I mentioned that to my my ex-partner, and it's like, that's weird. Why? I'm like, I don't remember when it happened, where it happened. It's just, like, completely gone. Yeah. So, and it, it just, the more I think about it, the more frustrated I get, and the farther it seems to be from, like, being able to grasp any sort of information on it. I wonder if at some point in the future... At some random time, it'll just come back to you, though, because probably I'm, I'm hoping, or if I get in like a deep enough meditative state, or just like walk into the woods somewhere, it just pops up. And there's definitely know. been things. Me. <laughs> there's definitely been things like from my from my childhood and stuff that I never really, I didn't consider them paranormal or related to any of this stuff or anything. But I would be writing a book, or you know, doing research or something for the podcast. All of a sudden, it would just hit me. I'd be like, "Well, wait a minute." that's really weird, you know, and I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about that for years. So I think yeah. sometimes they do something will, you know, will, will spark it and bring it back. I'm guessing, I don't know, but, but I, I, that's been my I experience. Agree. I, I, I hope so. Cause like, I feel like it's, it's not one of the more significant ones I would say, but then again, I'm like, I really don't remember. So maybe it is. Right. It's just, yeah. Gone. It's very frustrating. I'm like, what if it's like one of the better ones? And yeah, I just can't I mean, yeah, for what reason can you not remember? I mean, that. Yeah, like, the... why is it just random? Because I've been telling it for years, these three stories, and like, so just one of them just disappeared. And I, I have no idea. Let's hear the two you remember. Okay. Um. So the first, first one was, I want to say, seven uh, 2007 2008 i was in middle school and i was in english class and i was looking i think it was like during reading break and my attention span is terrible with stuff that i'm just not interested in so i decided to like walk over to the window and look outside and there was this black triangle shape the the, the closest thing i can compare it to was like a boomerang Okay. But it was really big, all black, and it wasn't facing horizontal like a boomerang does. You know, when you throw it, mm-hmm. it was vertical. And it was spinning really slow, and it went behind one of the other parts of the school. I didn't catch sight of it. I know that there's like a cul-de-sac over there. Mm-hmm. Like where did it didn't go up, it didn't. I mean, it might have gone up, but I just didn't see it. It was pretty big. I thought, I was looking around, I'm like, is this somebody's toy? But it was bigger than, you know, what they had around at the time. 
not to say that it was like ages ago, but for 2007, 2008, where I live, people didn't really have stuff like that. And it didn't yeah. look like anything I recognize. And there was no people around. Like the field was, because we were between, there's like the middle school football field and the high school. And um, there was nobody outside. You know, it was like the middle of class period and there wasn't anybody around. So if you had to estimate how big it was, what would you say? Um, I would say, I know it's hard to estimate the size of things in the sky. People ask me all the time. Right. I'm like, I don't know, but you know, yeah, you, it, was, it was really low. It was like, in terms of the distance, it was maybe 20 feet off the ground. And that's why I thought it was like somebody's toy. Right. Yeah. So, you know, someone just brought it out to the field to mess around size wise. Maybe if you like took a smart car and like stretched it out and bent it and folded it a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's like the only way from other people. It's the only way I could compare it in terms of when I told the story before. Yeah, but just just roughly getting the size idea. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't you know, tiny. It wasn't like a like a giant spaceship. Right? right, and but bigger than any kind of uh, drones that would have been around yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it was for it was home much use. Bigger. Yeah, yeah uh, and a daytime sighting. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, and it didn't make any noise. Uh, it was it was silent, and it was just like the way the way it looked and the way it moved. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I, I remember immediately after it disappeared behind the building, I ran up to my teacher and I'm like, I just saw a UFO. I just saw a UFO. I was like so ecstatic about it, and she just laughed at me mm. she's like she's like go, go sit down get back to work <laughs> i was already like that weird kid in the school you know everyone was just like oh i'm like all right i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna argue with you and try to convince you i just saw a flying object and right right never mind. i was pretty young when i saw that one there was another one up when i was living up north and this one was this one was up there i thought it was a satellite but my grandparents used to have a cabin on a small lake near where we lived in Manaqua. I would spend the nights like just sitting on the pier and it was beautiful, full, uh, full moon or close to a full moon. Stars were out. It was very clear. I remember it was being, it was just clear, clear skies. And I remember looking up. So I'm, I'm always on the lookout for, for weird stuff in the sky. And I saw what I thought was a satellite and then I was able to like focus in a little bit more and I noticed it was like a triangle shape not like horizontal but like kind of similar to how the boomerang was vertical Mm -hmm. and it was like doing like this little bouncy like you know when you're skipping stones on water yeah similar to like the whatever original like flying spaceship flying saucer Mm -hmm. story or kind of bounces like that Mm -hmm. and I i remember that a couple seconds after I thought in my head, I'm like, what is that? It just took off. I don't know, like in Star Trek or whatever. It's just like that weird, like hyperspeed. Right. Yeah. And we saw one recently. Happens. It wasn't a triangle. It was just, it was round, but it, it had that same behavior. It just kind of bounced around and did like some weird movements and mm-hmm. then just, just shot off. Just, yeah. just, just like a rocket. Yeah. Chad and I both saw it. Yeah. I mean, other than the shape, you kind of described exactly what we saw. Yeah, it was it was like, oh, my God. And obviously, again, I went upstairs, and I just told everybody I just saw a UFO. They're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and there was no clouds or anything. And it, it, like, it was like once it kind of hit the tree line, it, that's when it, it just 
it just booked it, just disappeared. And I'm like, all right, I'm going inside. That's pretty much what I wanted to see. And right. So I kind of like mentally, I'm like, oh, I want to, you know, please show me something. And occasionally I'll get lucky and something will show up. But most of the time it's completely by accident. I just happen to look up and catch something. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen occasional lights above the trees in my area that have either gone out or they like zoom off pretty quick, but they're, they're nothing like distinctive, you know, they're just kind of like white or, you know, how when, when uh, airplanes look from far away, they just look like a white orb. Yeah. But yeah, there's one I saw when I was leaving, leaving work that was above the trees and there's like a plane on both sides. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe it's just another plane. But as soon as I thought that I'm like, I'm like, that's not a plane. The light just immediately went out. And it's like gone. Uh, it's like the lights turned off. There was another one that flew over a tree once. I, I just like happened to catch it right when I looked up. And then I, I kind of like have a feeling that there's something to that. With you know, it's not always by accident that you look up at the right time and there's something there. I kind of feel like there's potentially like a subconscious pull. We have seen these lights now so many times that place we talk about site seven, but other places mm-hmm. too that I half believe they're, I think they, I just think they're a lot more common. People don't spend enough time in one place to sit there and wait for them to happen. I just think they're a lot more than, than we ever thought either that or they're following us around. And that sounds even crazier. Right. So, so I'm just yeah. going to say, say, I think there's a yeah. lot more of them than we'll ever knew. I, I agree. Yeah. And like where, where I live, there's a lot of people because living so close to Lake Michigan, there's a lot of sightings along the lake too. That you know, I've I have a friend. He's like super super obsessed with extraterrestrials. He's had crazy crazy encounters. I'd honestly recommend your podcast to him, and I can send him your information. Maybe sure. you guys can get in touch because he's got some wild stuff. But yeah, there's been accounts along Lake Michigan that are just like I don't even know what to think that people have. You know, obviously the attraction of the bodies of water and you can get into the whole portal thing and all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it seems like it's been picking up around here lately. Maybe it's just me looking up at the sky more or whatever. But there was one, the most recent one, um, I think I had mentioned it in the email. Me and my ex-partner were crossing the bridge. This is like 1.30 in the morning. We were just doing a run to run to the store. And we were crossing the bridge, and I think this was around the time that the the California wildfires were really peaking okay. this summer. So the air, you know, the air was already kind of a funky color. So we were we were crossing the bridge, and we just had this like urge to look to the right, and there was this weird light that we it, we were still trying to figure out. Can't really judge the distance or how high in the sky it was, but it was like over the river and it was kind of cloudy. And I think because, because of the, the smoke or whatever, it gave off this really strange orange color. But what I thought was strange is that my partner saw it as like this opening to like a weird cave or like hmm. a tunnel. Wow. Versus me. I saw it as like my mind filled in that there was like an object 
And then underneath it was like emitting light from the bottom and lighting up the clouds underneath it and kind of up and wrapping around it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was just the fact that we both saw something so different where we're looking at something at the same time was strange. Yeah. And we, we, we slowed down a little bit, you know, because the, the, it was obviously like middle of the night. There was like no traffic on the bridge. So we were able to kind of get a decent look at it. And we're like, what like what the hell was it? It felt like time slowed down a little bit, I think maybe just because we were just processing it and trying to figure out what was happening. We ended up wrapping back around, saw it for a split second, but once we got back on the bridge, it was just gone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, you know, there was like a plane that had flown off. We thought maybe, okay, it was a helicopter or, but the way the skyline is around where we live is it's very open and there's really no buildings for it to go behind. And and it looked like the, the sky had cleared too, like the clouds and stuff had gone. It was like the sky had dissipated. There was no weird light anymore. It's like the atmosphere had completely shifted. I remember my ex-partner, when we were leaving the house, he had said that energy in the air just felt very strange, like something was going to happen. And I kind of felt it too. It was just like a very kind of staticky excited feeling i don't i don't know if that makes any sense yeah. but, you know you just kind of that anticipation and you feel like something's gonna happen but you're just like okay let's go with it mm-hmm. maybe it's because it's so late at night and things have quieted down but it's a very odd feeling and when we, when we noticed that it just disappeared we're like okay well that's that <laughs> <laughs> You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So we haven't, and and I'm actually kind of surprised by this when you brought it up before we started recording, we haven't talked about reincarnation too much on the show. So this should be interesting. I mean, I'm going to guess by the fact that you brought it up is you feel that you have been reincarnated. Yes. So what gave you, like, what was the beginning of that? I don't know either way, but I don't have the feeling that I was. What gave you the initial feeling with like that spark that like, oh, I think, I think I may have lived before. 
Um, yes, it started from a very early age. I mean, I, I was a very rambunctious, kind of crazy, aggressive child, but I always behaved more like an animal than a person. I acted more like a dog, I guess. Tear stuff up, growl, snarl at people, refuse to wear clothing. I would run on all fours all the time, stuff like that. And from a very early age, I would obsessively take shoelaces or my mom's like nylon stockings or anything I could get a hold of and like punch a hole in my pants or my underwear or whatever and thread it through because I wanted a tail. Huh. And my mom asked me one day when I, obviously when I was very little, she's like, why do you keep doing this? Like you're taking all our, like we have no shoelaces. Like I need my nylons for work, whatever it was. And I'm like, I'm like, I feel naked without one. Like I, I feel like something's missing if I don't have a tail of some kind. I, you, the camera show, you can see mm-hmm. here, right? Mm-hmm. I have a picture actually right here. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just do stuff like that. Huh. Um, so, yeah, obviously the listener can't see this. It's you as a little girl with a tail attached yeah. to your to your clothing. Yeah. Yeah. So anything anything I could get a hold of that would represent a tail, I would, <laughs> I would mm-hmm. do that. I don't know. Over the years, I think once I hit around 15 or so, I started having these like visions or flashbacks. Sometimes they would come in the form of like dreams of living in this forest and not really, and like knowing that I've never, at least in this life, never been there before. It like felt familiar, but no, I knew that like I've never visited this place. I don't know where this is. And for years I'd like desperately been trying to find pictures of what this place was. One day I was hanging out at a bus stop with my friend. We were going out to college and the bus stop was by a mall, which was very strange to be seen. We saw like four or five red tailed hawks perched on the buildings, kind of facing out towards the highway. I'm like, that is weird. Yeah, that's, that's They're pretty, very solitary. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's pretty unusual to see them in a group like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like me and him got to talking and I don't know what it was that like pulled me to uh, look it up when I got home, but I just randomly started typing in because it's part of, part of the visions or like flashbacks I would get or like these drawings that I kept drawing was of like a lot of moss and ferns and big boulders and it was very dense forest and it would lead out the, the trees would start to kind of break up and it would lead out to like a big outlook or like a bluff Mm-hmm. and the bluff stuck out over like this huge forest, no tree or uh, no houses or just trees. It was just, like very, almost like frozen in time kind of feeling. And I remember I got home and I, I looked up these, I finally found a picture. Uh, I don't know if you heard of Whitaker Point. It's also known as Hawksville Crag in Arkansas. It's part of the Ozarks. No, to my knowledge, I've never mm-hmm. heard of it. Yeah, you can look it up sometime if you're if you're interested. It's 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 a pretty fairly well known hiking spot for people just because the bluff is so accessible. You can, I mean, you can walk right out onto it. But I 
you know, for, for like an hour or so, I was like typing in all these forests, all these like keywords, and like forest of the bluff, forest of the cliff, blah, 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 blah. And I found this picture of Hawksbill Craig and I immediately started bawling, just crying. And I had no idea why. I was like so confused. But instantly I, I just like kept on telling I was like, that, that's it. That's it. That's your home. That's where you lived. I believe in my past life I was a wolf. I was killed by two hunters around 1940. I wasn't that old when they killed me. Mm-hmm. It was about three, I think. Now, how did you gain this information? Mostly through meditation, a lot of dream shifting. Mm-hmm. Just really trying to tap in to it. Like it always felt like it was there. But I felt like it, it was just something I really had to take the time to to go out of my way to really access. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of it came through just really intense dreams and meditation. Just those, like those, like I said, those weird flashbacks. And then I started doing more research, and you know, stuff really started to add up. This was around the time that poaching was pretty pretty big mm-hmm. with you know, getting rid of pests or like large predators or whatever. And obviously right. like selling, selling pelts and all that, whatever they could. Yeah. I was two hunters and they caught me and I've always had this terrible phobia of slit throats. I know that's pretty gruesome for whoever's listening. I apologize. And I never knew why I would immediately any thought of it or like, any visuals that I would immediately like feel like I was going to throw up and pass out. I mean, I've never had any experiences in my life where I've had close calls with anything like that. Mm-hmm. It just terrifies me. And it, it, it like triggered like a insanely illogical fear response that I never really could make sense of. And then I, I really thought about it. And I'm like, maybe that's how I died. I remember having like this, crazy vision of having one of the hunters like standing off to the side and the other one was holding holding me like I was I was sitting but he was like stepping on my tail and like held my head back and you know cut my throat this is very gruesome I apologize this might not you know be in the in the podcast yeah so that that part but there was also when I did live in the forest there were what people would call will the wisps mm-hmm. sure and they were like friends to me they were it was it was weird it was like a you know like obviously like a weird natural phenomenon but at the same time they had like an energy to them so they were like conscious they're sentient in a way they're mostly blue and about like maybe an inch and a half two inches tall and they would hover about maybe like an inch or so off the ground, but they would only hover above moss. They would never hover like above dirt or, and then they would only hang out like in the summer. They made like a sound, but it, it wasn't like an audible sound. It was, it's like you heard it in your head. You didn't actually like hear it, hmm. which. Well, I, I mean, immediately I go to, I wonder if they make a sound that's inaudible to humans. Possible. Yeah. And yeah I've, I've, I've thought about that too. And it's like, it was like a very echoey kind of, kind of like a frequency, you know, with those, um, those singing bowls. 
Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. that, like just like a very weird, like humming, humming frequency, like an echoey sound. I don't know. They just kind of hung out there. They didn't really do much, but I remember I would always look forward to, to seeing them. They didn't have like a temperature or anything. They were just kind of, you know, it wasn't like an actual flame or whatever, but they looked like fire. Right. You know, they just kind of fade in and out, kind of just like how a candle does. Yeah, I remember it was mostly in the summer. Obviously, they like never showed up. They would kind of disappear in the fall and the winter and then come back. I mean, do you mind if I ask some questions? I'm, no, yeah, I'm go for totally it. totally curious. How did you put a date to this? Like you said, like 1940s, was it the way the hunters were dressed or was there some other way that, that you put a date to it? So I think I started with kind of remembering or trying to recall what I look like and figured out that there were red wolves in the area around that time. And then Mm -hmm. they got hunted to, I guess, extinction, at least for that area. Yeah. There's red wolves around, but they're, they no longer live in that territory around late 1930s into the 1940s. And then looked up around that time, what the hunter outfits looked like mm-hmm. they look very very close to what i had in my like visions or whatever you want to call it and yeah yeah like to this day like i can't really look at old pictures online or whatever people dress like that because it immediately like makes me feel angry <laughs> honestly mm-hmm. i get very mad and like disgusted and like i don't know like a like a resentment that i can't really quite put my finger on obviously they're hunters and I have a you know opinion on people poaching and doing very cruel things to animals right to yeah. begin with. but you know just that that definitely adds to it when you and maybe this is a, a silly question to ask you tell me but when you access these wolf memories let's call them mm-hmm. do you see from that person from that lower perspective to the ground like as an artist that's the first thing I'm thinking is like do you do you see like kind of in those memories do you see from that lower perspective than you than you would as a human like like height wise yeah yeah like yeah, you, you, yeah. so you see everything from the wolf perspective essentially yeah oh that's, yeah, that's so very like, interesting yeah like i mean it pretty much everything's on the level if you were to like get on all fours it's okay. about like that height yeah, it's very interesting. Again, I don't have this experience, so to me, it's very new. Like to trying to parse out the information. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's it's very interesting. Do you feel yeah. like that was the only time you were re- reincarnated, or do you feel like have you gone back, or do you feel like you could go back even further, like before that time? I've kind of felt like I have, but there's never been enough. It doesn't feel like it's the memories are strong enough. Like mm-hmm. I feel like there's something there but I just can't quite grasp it. And that's initially how it felt before I kind of was able to tap into the stuff I know now. Right. With at least this most recent past life is, it just felt very, very out of reach. Like it's, it's right there, but I just can't touch it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel almost like this, um, I'm content enough with knowing the life I have now and the one before this. I actually went on a, a road trip back in like 2018 and visited Hawksville and we didn't have a map or anything, but as soon as I got into the, I felt like immediately knew where to go. Oh, that's amazing. Like, 
I was with my partner at the time, you know, we kept on reading like, oh, where's the cliff? Where's the cliff? I'm like, it's just, just keep going, keep going, it's this way. And like all the paths and everything, obviously they've changed over the years, but for the most part, they've, the layout's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. The path's gotten bigger and wider and there's been, there's more because of people. Right. And it's not as green, unfortunately. It's, it's really dried out a bit. There used to be a lot more, at least from what I can remember, there used to be a lot more ferns and moss and stuff like that. And now it's, uh, it's, it's a little more dry. But when I got to the bluff and everything, it, it all felt the same. Like I remember laying out on that cliff, the cliff face on like summer nights. And remember how I remember feeling how warm the rock was. There's even down to like certain textures and like smells and everything I can still remember. It just, it's like the smell of cedar for me is very intense. Mm-hmm. And when we went there, I ended up finding out that there's a lot of cedar trees, which is, which is cool. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. the little, little sensory things that bring back a lot of, a lot of memories that I never really knew were there until I experienced them and it all came flooding back. Do you, and I know, like, you know, this could just be your intuition, but do you think that everyone has probably been reincarnated or, or, and I'm not trying to imply that there are special people that can reincarnate. I don't know how it works. I'm just saying, or do you think this is something that only a few people can remember? Or do you have any gut feeling on this at all? I think we all are. I think it's just kind of more, more so like a level of maybe what you were or how intensely the what i call like memory transfer Mm -hmm. this is the easiest way i can like describe it is how like how strong that is and also how much you exercise your intuition Mm -hmm. because we all have it i mean every living i really do feel like every you know every little thing from like a ants to an elephant, you know, we all have instincts, we all have intuition, we all have that sense of like tapping into that energy field. So I think, I think we all are. I think it's just a matter of how much do you want to know? Right. And how willing are you to learn the things that you might not like? And it, again, it might be kind of like the thing that I talk about with experiencing the other in general. Mm-hmm. that it it just might come more naturally to some people in the way that drawing comes more naturally to some people, you know, right. and, and some right. people might just have to, to work a little harder at it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, reincarnation is a, it's an interesting idea because somebody who, along with whatever else I have going on spiritually, I, I absolutely love nature and I've always considered myself, you know, some form of, of animist. And you go out there mm-hmm. and you look at nature and everything recycles in nature. It just yeah, exactly. everything recycles, everything recycles. So on one part, like the, the reincarnation thing, it, like some part of that makes a lot of sense to me that maybe we would be recycled in that way as well. Yeah. But again, it's, it's, you know, it's not my experience. I'm open to it, it's just, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not been my experience. But I often wonder if, like I said, if, if just certain people are, are more keyed into it for whatever reason than others. I, I totally agree with you. And I, and I really appreciate you being so patient and, and open and listening to this. Cause like I, I've told quite a few people and like my parents are very embraceive of it. You know, they obviously didn't make sense to them at first and it took years of really trying to explain to them like, no, this isn't some 
DID, you know, like dissociative identity or personality issue. Like this is like a, a genuine, I'm serious about this. Like, I'm not like going through some phase or, you know, it's been with me for as long as I can remember and just like making sense of why I behave the way I did. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm very curious about belief in general. And mm-hmm. I think some, because, because I have brother Richard on and because, you know, my beliefs kind of run in that direction. I think people think I'm close to other, but I'm not, I want to learn what people believe and I want to learn what people think. Yeah. And, and, it, and no way am I dogmatic. I, I'm very interested in other theories. And I, I honestly, I think brother Richard is as well. You, you can tell from the way he talks, but I think sometimes people get the impression that like, I don't, I don't want to know. I, I'm absolutely interested in, in all these different theories and beliefs or whatever you want to, you know, systems of, what happens when you die however you want to classify them i'm absolutely interested in them yeah yeah that's that's great i wish <laughs> i feel like it's it's coming up on more people are are being more open to it i don't know if it's just with the way the world is right now or if we're reaching some you know different level of like universal consciousness or whatever you want to call it but i think people are are starting to become more open to you know, the concept of, you know, potential like spiritual metaphysics, how science and spirituality really aren't separate. They're kind of intermingle in a way where, yeah, you know, yeah. people break down biologically, you know, after you pass away and you degrade into the soil. But there's also from the spiritual aspect, is there like a memory signature that gets transferred with it when something breaks down and you know, regrows or whatever it is, or, you know, is born as something else. And you know, I, it's, it's an interesting concept. But I'm just <laughs> wondering if the possibility is, and I think I know what you're going to say, because I, I think you feel so essentially that this was you, mm-hmm. that your answer is, is going to be no, that you don't think, but that you could be accessing the, the memories of something else. You know, so you're accessing the memories of something else through time or whatever, for some reason, and not necessarily that it was you, but that you're accessing the memories of it. But but I, I'm guessing that you feel so essentially. I can you know tell by the way you talk. You feel so essentially that it was you. That you yeah, know, yeah. I I've never thought about that. It's it's an interesting way to. I don't think so. Yeah, just because and, and again, the, you can tell me because I want to be careful about the way I phrase it. I don't want to suggest one of the rules of strange familiars is that we don't tell people what they experienced. We don't tell people what they saw. So I don't right. want to ever do that. You know, so that's why I'm, I'm trying to be careful about the, the way I phrase things. No, I totally, I totally understand. Yeah. You're, you're, you're fine. Like <laughs> however it comes out, I'm sure I'm not going to take it the wrong way. <laughs> it's interesting though. The way you're talking about recalling this is so I've had, you know, what I feel were quote unquote abduction experiences. Again, I don't feel like I ever left my bed and I don't think they were, you know, I was taken on a UFO or anything, but I had these, these experiences that confirmed to that, that sort of uh, thing. And I was considering doing hypnotic regression. And a lot of people said, no, don't, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's actually not a great thing to do. But the way that some of these people told me to go about recalling the memory is the way you're talking about recalling these, this past life is through meditation right. and through intense concentration and just sitting there and, and kind of sitting with it and, you know, they said you, you're not going to get everything at once. You're going to get pieces and parts and you'll be able to kind of put it together over yeah, time. That's, that's how it's been. I mean, like this kind of really started to hit me around 
like I said, like 15 years old. And that was because I was reading one of Linda S. Godfrey's books about zoonotropy and werewolves and stuff like that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I started doing a bunch of research. And I'm like, oh, it's like, feel this way. But yeah, it, it didn't hit me at once where I was just having like, you know, a movie scene where you go through the tunnel and you have like the life flash before your eyes kind of moment. It was little bits and pieces of personal observation or like just the way I was behaving or you know, like I said, the dreams, the flashbacks, the meditations, just accumulating stuff over the years. And I'm 28 now and it's, it's taken this long and I feel like I only have, you know, not even a quarter of the life I lived, mm-hmm. but it's, it's enough for me to feel content and be like grateful that like I do know this much and that, you know, it may, may or may not have happened, you know, but it feels very, very real and genuine to me. I don't, People ask me, like, oh, are you just, like, making this up to cope with trauma or whatever? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm pretty mindful of the difference between, you know, things I've gone through in my personal life and this thing that I've had my whole life, as far as I can remember. Is, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, pulling damn stockings out to make a tail you know it's like before anything really bad ever happened in my life i was still i was doing all this weird stuff so right right yeah um, it's always been with me this is all i really tell people it's like i just feel like i've always been this way yeah and you know one of the tropes of reincarnation is you know everybody with cleopatra right everybody was (laughs) you know uh uh a, a Julius Caesar or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. s- somebody famous or somebody, you know, a princess or a king or whatever. But uh, no, it's interesting. It's very interesting that you just have these this intense recall of, of being a wolf. Yeah, just some random three-year-old wolf with fleas living in the woods somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a pharaoh or anything as far as I know. <laughs> right. Let's yeah. hit a, a couple of these big dreams. I've had a lot of black dog dreams. I think one of the more recent ones was one with what I guess you'd deem flannel man and a black dog. Oh yeah. Bring it. That's, that's, um, so I, I was in like an old, an old abandoned house and it seemed like it was kind of in a rural area. There was, there's forest around and I looked out the window and there was an old man wearing a red and black flannel shirt or jacket or, you know, like a, like a long sleeve and like denim, denim pants and boots. And he had, I think he he was balding. He didn't have a hat on from what I can recall. And he had a beard and he was just, he was just taking a stroll. You know, he had his arms behind his back. He was just like walking leisurely along the edge of this tree line. And Alongside of him was this black dog. I don't know. It just looked like it was, it was his pet or whatever. I didn't really think anything of it. I'm like, oh, there's this random, this guy must live here. And um, I don't know how I got in the house and why he was outside and I was inside. But he was he was walking around with this dog and the dog kind of like walked in front of him. And suddenly like kind of turned around the corner of this tree and disappeared into a black smoke, but it looked like it had like glitter in it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it, it was like glittery black smoke. Yeah, the dog just like disappeared. I don't know what happened to the to the old 
the old man after that. But I just I just remember that was like the last part of the dream that I can recall was this this random black dog disappearing into a cloud. But yeah, like the the man himself he wasn't behaving strangely or anything. Mm-hmm. You've had other black dog dreams. Yeah, another one where around that time was I was walking down a path. It was like middle of the summer, sunny day. It was one of those two tracks. And I was walking in the middle on the on the grassy part. And I remember looking up ahead of me, maybe a hundred yards away, there was a, a black dog just standing there, just like staring at me. And you know how like when dogs when your when your pet dog or whatever runs ahead of you and it just stands there and like waits for you? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um that's what it felt like that's what it was doing but it had it had walked out of the woods and was just standing there like waiting for me to catch up to it and i'm like i'm not going any closer to this thing i don't know this isn't my dog and it um ended up coming up to me and it was kind of it was about the size of like a small lab like dark really wiry hair and I thought it was like a normal dog at first, but then I looked at its eyes and they were like a, like a maroon, like a deep red color. And they weren't glowing. They weren't like your stereotypical, like black shuck or hellhound experiences, you know, the, the mm-hmm. glowing red eyes or whatever. It was just like a friendly, really weird, creepy dog. And it had a book in its mouth. Oh, that's interesting. And it, yeah, it looked like it wanted to like give it to me. I'm like, I'm not touching this <laughs> and it dropped it on the ground and like looked up at me and like super excited like it had brought me a toy or something or like it had found something really it was like really happy about and i'm like i'm and it, it but he dropped the book on the ground and it said uh black shuck on the cover oh wow and i'm like i'm not opening that and i, I woke up <laughs> and i like <laughs> i woke up and i kind of felt bad for the for the dog i'm like i feel like i rejected him but yeah, I was like, I'm not messing with this. I feel like this is like an invitation for, for trouble. So I want that book. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I kind of wish I had opened it. Yeah. And my partner at the time was like, well, did you open it? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching it. I, I know black dogs. I'm not, I'm not messing with this. I don't know what's in there. Do you have any feeling that the black dog dreams are in any way related to the stuff we were talking about with reincarnation and, and the, the wolf stuff? I don't know. I feel like they're separate in a way that like there wasn't really any crossover with having interactions with them like mm-hmm. in my past life but I feel like because because of my potential receptiveness to like canine energy sure yeah maybe that I they kind of like see me as someone that they can contact because mm-hmm. these definitely these definitely feel like contact dreams they don't just feel like you know, like I was walking, watching a documentary on hellhounds, and then went to bed. Right. Sort right. of thing. You know, I can I can tell the difference mm-hmm. between having a contact dream and just having like something I consumed earlier that day and having it show up in my sleep. Yeah. Do you ever get dreams of being in wolf form? I used to a lot. Yeah, and I really miss them. <laughs> honestly. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Um. I've had dreams where I've been a wolf. I've had dreams where I've been a werewolf. 
And honestly, I, I miss them very much because I've never felt so like myself or so free than I have when I'm in those dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm, that's like the only way I'm able to be who I feel really feel like I genuinely am. Sure. Cause obviously yeah. with having like a human, human body, there's, you're very limited <laughs> so, in a lot of ways, but yeah, these I've had, I used to have a lot of shifting dreams. I've, I've gotten into fights with other wolves. I've, had dreams where I'm just like running around or hunting. Yeah, it, it feels very, very real down to just like tactile stuff. You know, I can I can feel the grass, the dirt or, you know, the smell, the air, the heat from, you know, if I'm having a dream with like it's daytime, I can feel the heat from the sun, all this, mm-hmm. all this stuff. I, I usually end up waking up both very sad, but also grateful. Yeah. That, I was able to experience that. Do you feel like those dreams are actual memories or just sort of, you know, dream recollections in a sense, like dreaming of, of what was? I th- yeah. I feel like they're more dream recollections mm-hmm. of like things that did happen, but I'm dreaming about them in ways that aren't necessarily like memories, mm-hmm. you know, like, very very similar to like if you have a dream about something you did in waking life but that dream isn't a direct right yeah reaction of what you did when you were awake it's yeah. just kind of like memory of something similar mm-hmm. but yeah I've, I've i haven't had a shifting dream in a while and it's kind of it kind of bums me out but at the same time i'm like you know it happens when it's meant to and it always seems like that happens to be the case mm-hmm. you know, maybe i just haven't needed it recently for whatever reason Cheyenne, thank you so much for sharing your stories. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. And really, if, really appreciate it. If anything else weird happens, you know where to find us. I'm sure there will be. I'll, <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. Let's say I had a puppy, Allison. Okay. And he was being a naughty puppy. That seems like it would track. It's your puppy, right? Where would I go to get help with that puppy? I would say 90 days of the perfect puppy. And what can they help me with? Potty training, fear and nervousness, barking, chewing on furniture, shoes, crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more. 90 days to the perfect puppy. They have a relationship-based approach that helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources like video lessons, a secret Facebook group. One-on-one options are available. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become perfect for each other. Again, that's 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. If you like what we do at Strange Familiars and you want to help support us and get more content, you can become a patron at Patreon. That's the best way to help us out. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's different tiers of support there, starting at $4 a month and going upwards. There's also yearly rates. If you sign up for a year, you actually pay less than $4 a month for that lowest tier. But there's other tiers there where you can get things like pins and stickers, books, and much more it's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. 
No matter what tier you sign up at, though, all of our patrons get two extra episodes of Strange Familiars every month. Those are full extra episodes. There's close to 90 of them now. You get all of those as soon as you sign up, and then every month we'll be adding two more. So those, that's two exclusive episodes of Strange Familiars. Again, you can find that at patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. And I want to thank all of our patrons for their help and support. We could not do Strange Familiars without you. So we have another stereo view. We should maybe sell a viewer one day. Wouldn't that be helpful? Oh, we probably should. <laughs> we'll probably go into manufacturing them as many stereo views as we push. Well, they do have sort of a modern day equivalent you can get. Yeah. Which is like a, I think they're made by, um, who's the guy from Queen? Is it Brian May? Brian May. Brian May is a huge stereo viewer collector. Yes. He's published two books of his collections. One of them is the Diabolaries. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, Diabolaries, I guess, yeah. Which are really neat cards. They're like different scenes of devils and... Kind of like what goes on in hell. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those originally were published as tissue backs, which means you hold them to the light and they have this more dimensional aspect and the coloring looks... They look really, really cool. They're fragile as all get out, though. I mean, imagine tissue having to last 100 years. <laughs> yeah, we have a couple tissue backs, not Diabolaries, but a couple of different ones. Mm -hmm. And they're so neat, and they're so fragile. Yeah. But Brian May and his company, I think, came up with their own sort of modern-day version of a stereo view. Or, oh, so, um, that's great. His other book, has it's a, just a town in the UK, I think, that he collected all the views of this town, mm -hmm. and he published a book. He actually has a personal curator that in charge of his photo collection, which is like... Well, if you were Brian May, you would too. Yeah, but it's like my dream job to be... <laughs> Can you imagine like that was your job? I've actually seen that guy give talks and they, he's fantastic. It's, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, the stereo view we have tonight is, it says it's fairies. So even though it looks like Little two girls. girls in dresses dancing, it's captioned as fairies. So we're going to say these are fairies because I'm going to believe the caption. Yeah, we're not consulting Josh. We're just going to make the call. Copyright 1899. Sometimes it amazes me how long stereo views were made. You mean like when they started versus like when they ended? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were made like starting what, the 1860s, late mm -hmm. 1860s? And they're still making them in the 1920s and 30s. They had a long run. Yeah. TV wasn't around then. <laughs> yeah. This is from 1899, The Fairies. Like I said, we're going to take them at their word. It's not two women dancing. It's fairies. Mm -hmm. If you go to the show notes under this episode, you'll see an image of this. You can click on it. It'll take you right to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this. And other curiosities of the week. Also in the Etsy shop, original artwork, prints of my artwork, Strange Familiars t-shirts, Strange Familiars stickers, copies of my books, including The Witch Cloud 2nd Edition paperback is there, and much more. While you're on Etsy, make sure to check out Chad's shop, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors, and check out our friends at Karmic Garden as well. That's it for this episode of Strange Familiars. We'll be back soon with more. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more music or purchase music by Stone Breath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group, 
We are on Instagram at Strange Familiars, one word, and you can always find us on the web at www.strangefamiliars.com.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.